All right, all right, all right. Hello, everybody. Hi, family. Hi, friends. Um, welcome back to Solo Mom in It. It's Bree. Like I said, if you've listened to any other episode, I'm never going to get this intro right. <laughs> uh, like I said, welcome back to another episode of Solo Mom in It. My name is Bree. Here we talk about issues that single in your dating status, solo and co-parents face on a daily basis. We go through my journey and I talk about um, just different issues that we face. Today's episode is going to be about Sankofa. Sankofa, stick with me and I hope you enjoy it. Hopefully you can hear me now. I have to turn my sound back up because I turned it down for a second so that I could hear myself again. Welcome back to another episode of Solo Mom and It. My name is Bree, and yeah, today's episode is gonna be um, what I want to call Monday Motivation Series. So what I'm gonna do is starting um, every Monday. Obviously, I'm going to talk about a subject of motivating and for the mere premise of motivating single parents and their dating status, solo or co-parents in your parenting status. Um, and just anybody in general who is listening. I know I have a lot of <laughs> listeners who are single people. Um, I have a lot of listeners who are men. Um, I just have interesting eclectic group of, of listeners and I appreciate each and every one of you. But yeah, so Monday's motivation series. I'm probably going to do a few. I don't know how many. Um, I think I'll just go where the wind takes me. But yeah, this episode is about Sankofa. If you don't know what Sankofa is, I would encourage you to Google it because that's what Google's for. But (laughs) I'm going to tell you, um, Sankofa is a Ghanaian term from the, um, the... Oh, man, look, I got my notes and then I immediately forgot from the language of Chui. Um, It's spelled T-W-I, but it's pronounced Chui. And I am not a Ghanaian uh, linguist. I am. I, I don't speak Twi, but I love, love, love Sankofa. I like the symbols in Sankofa, and I love everything this stands for. So if you don't know about Sankofa, um, I implore you to Google it, but... The word Sankofa in this language means go back and get it. So that's what this Monday motivation is about, is going back and getting it. Um, Or, and a lot of other translations will say, go back and take back. And the most prominent symbol that will come up is actually what looks like a goose. And it has an egg in its mouth and its head is faced the opposite direction of its torso. So if you can imagine, um, you know, when you see ducks crossing the street and their head is faced forward, their breast is faced forward, they're going in the direction that their their head is in the direction that they're going. But the Sankofa is a still, an image of a still bird and its head is faced backwards and it's as it's looking the opposite direction and holding an egg in its mouth. And um, a lot of people will tell you that the egg symbolizes the youth or the future and and, and the goose looking back is 
and looking back at the past, meaning go back and take back or go back and get it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about where do we lose ourselves in our dating lives, where we lose ourselves in our parenting lives, and how do we go back and get that person that we used to know. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Sit back, relax. Get yourself a glass of wine. It's early. I'm, you know, I usually do late nights, early mornings, but changing it up since I've been able to have a little bit of free time during the day, I am enjoying this midday kind of recording. It is really, it does something to my soul. It makes me feel more alive because I can have my tea. I can have, you know, water um, and I'm not... Um, waking up and just so groggy I've kind of had an opportunity to start my day get my son settled and where he needs to be and everything like that so I like this um and you know we'll go back to late nights and early mornings I think Thursdays will go back to nights because it just works so whatever anyways back to the episode started talking about what Sankofa is um, and then just going back and taking back ourselves. So I kind of wrote down a couple questions and want to explore like where I came from as far as like where I lost myself and then um, how I'm going back and I'm taking back the person that I used to be and becoming a more evolved version of the woman I used to be. So just to start, like I had to think about where did I first lose myself in my hurt? Like where did I lose myself in my pain from my past? Because when we think about the idea of Sankofa, again, that's the premise of this. Um, And I actually have two Sankofa tattoos. Um, on my body, obviously, because I don't know where else you would put tattoos. I say some real obvious stuff. Like, I should be the co-captain obvious in that commercial because I identify a lot of obvious things sometimes. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I have these uh, Sankofa tattoos. Actually, I have three now. I just realized that I have three because um, the last one I got was for perseverance. Each one kind of has a different um, meaning. And the first one I got was actually the goose. And then I got the heart. And then I have one that kind of looks like a, it looks like a turtle. I mean, it kind of has like the frame of a turtle I guess you would say and it's like determination perseverance and those all of these kind of made up who I who I am you know I first lost myself um many years ago I'll probably say about 10 years ago I started losing the person that I was in my youth my innocence and I was it was early 20s probably like 22 23 and 
I really realized that I was starting to become more hard to the world because of things that happened to me in high school, things happened to me in college, and then I'm starting off on the wrong foot. Like I was totally starting off my young adult life on the wrong foot um, simply because I started to lose myself in my hurt, right? And so what did I lose about myself? Or maybe let me identify the hurt first, because I think that's the one thing that we neglect to do is we, we don't identify our hurt, our hurt. We like to act like, oh, it was just this person or it was just this thing. But I think the reality is we get hurt and it's, it is like a scar. It's like you got cut. And a lot of times the it seems like the wound healed, but basically all we did was cover it with our hands or we covered it with something and we never really got healed. It started to become an infection and then somebody else came along and cut us in the same place or cut us in the same way. And so now we have these cuts and then eventually we just build up this kind of shield like I don't want to get too close to people because every time I get close to somebody I get cut and I get hurt so we instead of healing and then identifying where we're going wrong or identifying early on like this seems like this ain't gonna be right I don't want to walk down this path or I should be more careful when I walk down this path because Every time I walk down a similar path, I've gotten hurt. So basically, I want to identify my hurt is what I'm going to go back to before I can obviously say where I lost myself. So, you know, one of the first places that I lost my hurt was being um, physically assaulted when I was 17. Um, And it was by somebody I knew. And I did not know how to process it. I was like, yo, like this guy somebody I thought I trusted somebody that I liked as a friend and yet he violated me in the worst kind of way and so I was like yo what do I do I couldn't tell anybody and then I went to um you know Planned Parenthood because that was the place to go and going to this free clinic and um the nurse told me um maybe you'll be more careful next time no had no idea what I had just gone through she was just judging this little black girl this little brown girl coming in there asking for you know tests and asking for help she assumed that I was just being loose booty but that was not the case so that was the first time like I realized that I wasn't safe with people I thought I trusted and I definitely wasn't safe in a place that I should have been safe in like uh, a woman's clinic I I wasn't safe there but that really wasn't it for me like I was like okay I could be forgiving because that was one person and then I went to college and dated and started dating and the first guy (laughs) dated Lord bless him Lord bless his soul um first guy dated he had a girl who was a friend and he would go to her room and sit in her room for hours 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 and I'm like yo why are you always in this girl's room? Like now, obviously, hindsight being twenty twenty, they was probably way more than friends. Um, and the worst thing about it was in our dorm, the way our dorms were set up, there were two main doors. There was the door on the east end and obviously on the west end. And that's how we got in and out of the building. She was the first 
dorm room at the east end of the hallway and I was all the way in the back towards the west entrance but nobody ever came in the west entrance like you never came in the west entrance everybody uses the east entrance anyways so he would come in he would go to her room and then he would leave then he would go back to his building and he would call me like yo you in your room bruh 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 Baby, why didn't you walk down like 10 steps to check and see if I was in my room? And I'm like, yeah, I'm in my room. You just called my room, G. Like, what are you talking about? This is, and for all of my young listeners, um, this was before cell phones were big. This was when we actually had main lines and we had to call each other. And I went to college in the early 2000s, like, well, the early, early 2000s, but still, I went to college and it wasn't that long ago, but needless to say, um, he constantly did this and there would be numerous times where I would literally be sitting in the hallway or in the common area and see him come and go out of the building and he never checked on me. So that was a hurt spot for me. Um, And then, you know, like... The places where I lost friends over the years like um, today I, I left the store because I went to take my son to school excuse me I took my son to school and I had a dentist appointment I had just regular schmegular mom stuff and or just some regular adult stuff and um, I saw one of my former friends her mother And she was getting off the bus and going into the grocery store that I just left out of. And um, under normal circumstances, I would have gladly helped her through the store and um, just been a good Samaritan of sorts and took her home and all that. But because her daughter and I, our friendship ended and she felt the need to come to her daughter's defense and and it was unrealistic like she the friendship ended and that's another place of her of I was this girl's friend for over 20 years and I was a good friend not to say that she was a bad friend but I was the friend who no matter where I was in the country I was making moves for her um I'm progressing and I'm constantly going back and out of guilt. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm doing good. I got to go help her out. I got to help her family out. And it got to the point where I was like, hey, I just want your time and your attention. And I could never get it. She, If I called, I, she would never answer. If she needed some money, she needed help. If her mom needed something, they was blowing up my phone. And so I finally, and this friend in particular, seeing this, this mother, I finally had to walk away from her because I was begging her one year, begging, clearly calling again and again and again, trying to move mountains so she could spend my birthday with me like willing to go pick her up pay for everything to have a friend and then I realized yo this ain't my friend (laughs) you ain't my friend B (laughs) I was like I'm up here I'm moving mountains to have you spend time with me and you won't even answer the phone for me and I just told her I was like you won't even answer the phone for me to pay for you to spend time with me But the moment you need me to go pick somebody up, the moment you need me to go help your sister who's in an abusive relationship, the moment you need me to go save somebody, 
you know, go pick up people and move, transport things from one city to another. You gonna do whatever it takes to get a hold of me. But I'm up here calling you for some leisure shit and you can't even answer the phone. That it hurt me. And so I lost a 20 year friendship because of that. And people were like, you don't lose, you don't give up a friendship because it's time like that. Yeah, you do. You do. You got to identify that some people are not good for you and you have to walk away. It's, it's only going to be toxic for you if you continue to pour into people who are not who are not going to pour into you the same way or who are have not progressed themselves. They're not able to do it, but you're they know you know how to do it. So they're going to keep leaning on you. So that's just another source of hurt. So it was like a, a culmination of all the things like like the first ex from college, the second ex from college, you're doing the same thing, using me, cheating on me. And, you know, when he loved me, I didn't want to be with him because he had been cheating on me for months. When I loved him, he didn't want nothing to do with me. So he's out here um, going to strip clubs, messing around with all these girls like it was crazy. And so I started to lose the little bits and pieces of myself over those years, those formative years of my life in between 17 and 22. And I was like, I got to do better. So I started to protect myself to the extent that I lost that naive, innocent version of myself. I lost the person that was so willing to love people easily that I was like, I can't love easily. I gotta, I gotta wait. And then in the waiting to love someone, I was like, maybe I don't love this person. And I walked away from people who may have been great for me. And then I trying to correct it. I dated someone new or I let other friends, you know, female friends, or I let other people in who equally did me wrong. And it was like, where do you find the balance? Like, I never (laughs) knew where to be like, okay, love everybody. Don't love anybody. Like, I never knew how to find that balance. And so I started to lose myself. And then as a result, I was like, I only have me. Like that Beyonce song, me, myself, and I, that's all you got in the end. And that's how I started to feel. And it was horrible. I really started to feel like I only had myself in the end. So You have to identify at what point did you lose yourself and for what reasons and why did you let yourself be lost in that hurt? I lost myself in that hurt because I was like, this is painful. I hate crying myself to sleep at night. I hate um, not being able to trust somebody. I hate questioning, you know, why didn't you call me? Why? Why did you do this this way? And I hated being that that person. I hated being that version of myself. So I didn't know how to let people get close after a certain point because I was like, you're just going to hurt me. And that's like a Uh, that's a risk of the game of life I suppose like you don't know but I think that there's a lot of clues that we can now identify to know whether people are good for us or not Um, but that's another episode so another thing I I looked at was um what did I forget what did I forget what did I forget when I lost myself in that hurt and what what do you forget what do you forget about yourself And I forgot that I was so innocent. I remember living in Philadelphia in 2007. And I used to take (laughs) straight up. I would either walk to the 30th Street station from I used to live at 34th Street 
in Hamilton and that was like that was a good little 10 15 minute walk <laughs> but I would walk to the train station from my house and I was so happy and this is back when you people first started having like mp3 players like the mp3 player right you had to download music on it everything and I didn't have a laptop be clear I was downloading music when I was working at the radio station um so thank you power 99 in Philadelphia um truly truly loved working there um but back in the day I used to walk to the train station and I was happy and then I would take um a train or not the train I would take two buses sometimes to get to work um or I would take a train to a bus stop and then take the bus to my office and because it wasn't in Philadelphia proper it was in the suburb so anyways um I was happy and it was so innocent and I that was the person that I lost and now like was if I'm walking down the street, I feel like, oh, people gonna judge me. Even if I'm walking down the street in my neighborhood, people gonna judge me like I ain't got a car. People gonna look at me like I'm crazy. And I, that's a part of myself that I lost. Like, and I really didn't care. I used to walk everywhere and I was happy and I was thin and I was cute and I'm still kind of cute. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I just lost that version of myself and I miss that girl. I miss that girl who willingly would meet somebody and be like and think the best of them and just think that they're amazing and think that they're smart and funny and knowing not knowing that they had no good intentions but really just hoping like oh I like him like this maybe he really likes me like I was that goofy girl and I miss her so much because she was so innocent she she was willing to see the world's the rose colored glasses and I think that you know like in the matrix they're like take the the blue pill so you can see the truth but the reality is like I didn't I didn't want to see the truth because once I saw the truth I was pissed <laughs> it was hurtful um and the thing that as I kind of continued to go through different situations and scenarios that hurt me I started to forget that I mattered did you ever forget that you mattered that you were beautiful that you are special and that you have value because those are a lot of things that I forgot about myself I forgot that I was beautiful at some point um I think after any woman being cheated on will probably question their beauty like was I not pretty enough and those are things that I wrote like I look back at some of my old writings and I'm like I'm sorry I wasn't pretty enough for you I'm sorry I wasn't smart enough or thin enough or I didn't have enough money or I made too much money I'm sorry that I wanted to travel I'm sorry that I was so I was moving faster than you would have liked to move not in the sexual space but in the space of wanting to be with you um because I thought that you were something special so I lost that I forgot that I mattered in general not to that one person or these one these one friends or these people that you allow into your lives I forgot that I mattered as on a, on a whole scale and parents we forget that too like let's not forget that this is not just about dating this is also about becoming a parent so even if you're a single in your dating status if you're a single mom or a single dad a lot of times that you forget who you were before you had kids 
you forget that you were a man who liked to go play basketball at the gym before you had a, a kid. You forget, like I forgot for a minute that I was a woman who liked keeping myself up, liked dressing up, and I liked getting my nails done and being a pretty girl. I forgot that at one point when I became a mom and I was like, yo, I like these things. I've always liked these things. And I forgot because I was like, no, now mom, because people tell you, you got to let that old person go. But the reality is they're lying. You don't. Maybe you have to become a modified version of that, but you don't have to let that person go. And so when you lose yourself, you also forget things about the person you used to be. You forget that you were, you know, I look at some mothers and I see you kind of see two different spectrums. You see the moms who gave up and they're like, but their kids look good and their kids are smart. They got everything, but they're dumpy. And I'm just going to be 100. Y'all know I'm going to be honest. I see mothers who look terrible, 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 terrible. They look trashy. <laughs> I just feel bad for them. And I'm like, girl, a comb never hurt nobody. Um, you know, you could truly benefit from a walk around the block <laughs> you can put the g-stake down but <laughs> you forget those things and i'm i am equally to blame i look at myself sometimes and i'm like i'm not where i want to be but shit i ain't where i used to be <laughs> but you lose that in yourself and you forget that you were once a beautiful woman that created this baby you were once this handsome fit man who got the girl to make that baby you forget those things and there's a balance you can find it again but it, you gotta want it you gotta want to go back and get it and so we have to not forget who we were before our children we have to not forget who we were before we were hurt in past relationships or we were hurt in past friendships we were hurt in past um our past life our past lives <laughs> you got to remember that you were somebody before you felt like you were nobody and so I forgot who I was before my pain I forgot the woman who was innocent, who was vulnerable, who was willing to be open. Just I forgot that girl and I left her and I feel like sometimes I would look in the mirror and I would be like, where are you, Brie? <laughs> where are you, girl? And I would just I want her to come back. But then I know that that girl can't be she can't live in this body anymore because she didn't know. And it's like. Now that I have the knowledge, I can move a little bit different and then hopefully get a different result because who she was was wonderful. And who you were in your past before your hurt was probably an amazing person. I think about men who've had their heart broken by, you know, women who just didn't value them. Women who were like, you know, a lot of guys like, oh, girls is gold diggers. No, there are a lot of women who men will intentionally seek who they, they like physically, but spiritually and emotionally and mentally, these women are no good for you. But rather you will overlook those things because your um, little version of yourself got to talking and he overpowered the bigger version of yourself, <laughs> if you feel what I'm saying. But um you 
as men, sometimes as men, you look for these traits in these women who are not healed and they hurt you and they have no intentions of putting you back together. They have no intentions of healing you or loving you the way that you need to be loved. And therefore, you now are hurt because somebody who had no good intentions for you hurt that part in you so now the next woman you meet you're like none of y'all getting anything from me (laughs) and it's like um inward I didn't do anything to you I didn't even know you back then my g but it just is what it is so I think and and women we're the same way because some man hurt us some man broke us we take it out on the next one whether we take it out consciously or subconsciously we have to be able to identify that some things that we're doing are detrimental to our success and our relationships. So we have to go back and take back who we used to be and learn to love people appropriately and treat them appropriately based on the things that they've done. Not blaming them for something that JJ did back in 1999 when he took your water bottle and he sprayed it in your face and you ain't forgave nobody for 25 years. No, I'm talking about really, truly identifying that I was hurt at one point. These are the things that hurt me. This is who I lost in that process. But these are the versions of myself that I want to get back. And so understand that when I forgot who I was in my pain, and this is Brie, that woman, like I said, who was innocent and vulnerable and willing to be open, I decided that I wanted to go back and get her. Like I wanted to go back and get it. And I had my Sankofa moment and I was like, okay, I know where I came from and I know where I want to go and I know the journey that I'm on. So I got to do the work. And it is a journey. It truly is a journey of identifying where you've been and going through those things and saying, this is what hurt me and it's okay. And it's a process. It's a process, but it's possible. It's very, very possible for you to have those things to be healed, to be um, made whole and to have your Sankofa moment. So here are my five steps. And I got all said all of those things to get to the five steps of living in your Sankofa time, because this isn't really about motivation. It's about identifying that you can do it. Like you can overcome that situation. Um, and before I get to the five steps, I want to say one thing. I had a conversation with somebody and they were telling me about their past relationships and I could still feel the hurt. And somebody else told me that, like, I can feel hurt when you speak like me. And I'm like, yeah, it hurt me, but I identify it. And I know that that was painful. But now it's like I forgave. And so I'm like, yeah, that was hurtful. And it made me cry and it made me feel low. And it took me to a place that was really dark and uncomfortable and hard. And I didn't know how I was going to get out. And then I never saw the light at the end of the tunnel. But one day the light started peeking through and I was like, yo, I can do this. I can do this. I don't have to stay here. I don't want to stay here. This place is uncomfortable. Like I said, it's like being in it's like being in a dark, uncomfortable space, like being in a cave that's way too damn small for your body. <laughs> you want to get out. 
And so I was like, I got to do what I got to do to get out. And so when this person was telling me about their past relationship and I was like, when you were there and you didn't have enough money at one point and this person was making you feel like if you want me to help you with some things you got to do for me, did you feel like this was never going to come to an end? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, how long ago was that? I don't know, like seven, eight years ago, eight years ago. Did you see another year after that time? She was like, yeah, I mean, I stopped. And I said, yeah, it stopped. And then another year came and then another day came and another month came and all this time has gone past. But you wanted to stay in that space. And it's a want because we don't need to stay in these broken spaces. We want to stay there. So you never went back and took back that person like, yo, where I was in that time, I was innocent. I was vulnerable. I was available. And instead, I left that person there in that hurt. And then I grew in that hurt instead of saying, this is what hurt me in this space. But I still want this vulnerability because I wanted to I want to give my vulnerability to somebody who's going to value it. I want to give my innocence to somebody who's going to treasure it. I want to give my forgiveness to somebody who's going to appreciate it. She never took that back with her. She kind of grew in that hurt. And I know what that's like because I grew in my hurt for a minute, but I can't anymore. I wanted to live in my Sankofa space. So understand As I mentioned to her, it's a journey. You got through it. (laughs) You got through it. You didn't stay with this person. And yeah, you may still have a connection to the people who hurt you in your past. As I mentioned in my other episodes, my son's father will never not be his father for the rest of my life. I remember that he is his father. But I also know that this is not my forever. And that was not my forever. It was a moment in time. It passed and we are great now. And now I have to go back and have my Sankofa moment. So here we go. Five steps to living in your Sankofa time. Number one is forgiveness. And forgiveness means not just forgiving the other person, persons, um, groups, churches. <laughs> I mean, for real, some of us got some hurt from church. I know me and my friend were recently talking about being hurt from churches. And he's like, I feel like you got some pain in there. And I'm like, no, every church is different. Every person's different. But I have some pain from various people in churches. I have some pain from various preachers and things like that. But that doesn't mean that I hate every church in America. <laughs> that doesn't mean that I, I dis, uh, dislike or disapprove of every um, church I've ever been to. No, it just means that some things have rubbed me the wrong way, like some men. And so I know that once I feel those feelings again or I identify that, oh, this ain't right for me, I can leave. I can leave. I ain't got to stay there. There's no requirement. So forgiveness means that you forgive you you forgive you first and you forgive the people second and you have to forgive yourself first because we make mistakes but we got to own that we made a mistake you know if you turn down the street <laughs> that says one way and you going the wrong one way <laughs> you got to own that you went the wrong one way in the event that somebody hits you 
Uh, you know what? That was my bad. I wasn't paying attention to the signs or I saw the signs, but I turned down here anyways. You got to own that. And you're like, you know, my bad. Forgive me. I made a mistake. But you have to forgive yourself. And you have to move on. And in order to have a Sankofa moment, you have to go back and look at what was wrong and say, Brie, I forgive you for missing the signs of this person who was going to hurt you. I forgive you for staying in a relationship that was toxic for four years too long. I forgive you for, you know, trusting somebody who was not trustworthy. I forgive you and we're okay. And then you have to forgive the other person. You have to say, I forgive you for the hurt that you extended to me because you had no regard for my feelings. But I forgive you. And people will be like, how do you forgive somebody who did this to you? Who did this to your, your family? How do you forgive somebody? I know people who have, you know, forgiven the murderers of their children, forgiven the murderers of their parents, forgiven the murderers of, you know, their friends and their lovers and their husbands and their wives and they've forgiven them not because it's for (laughs) just for you but it's for them I can't hold on to that for the rest of my life I gotta let it go so the first step is forgiveness and the second step is gratitude and you gotta find where you're grateful I try to have my gratitude statements every day. I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for my hands, my feet, my eyes. I'm thankful for my healthy and brilliant son. I'm thankful for my house. I'm thankful for my car. Like I just start going down and I'm thankful. When you have an attitude of gratitude, more things come into you. And I believe that when you have, a, when you're grateful for the love you have into you, in your life, more love comes into your life. When you're grateful for the money that you have, more money is attracted to you. So you got to be grateful for for where you are and if you can't find anything worth being grateful for like I'm grateful for the small things I'm grateful for straws I'm grateful for grass I'm grateful that it's only slightly raining today and it's not a thunderstorm I'm grateful that there's a thunderstorm and not a blizzard you know find whatever you're grateful for be grateful for those things and It does something to you. It really does something to your spirit because you forgave and now just being grateful. I'm grateful for the fact that somebody hurt me because now I can identify with what feels good. I cannot tell you. I had I I cannot tell you how great it feels sometimes to have somebody just do something nice for you because I know what it's like for somebody to not value me. I can't tell you how much I love a man who will buy me flowers because I know what it's like to be in a relationship and never get any flowers. (laughs) I can't tell you, you know, how much I appreciate the small things because I, when I get, when I overlook it and when I'm in a situation, I'm like, you never do anything for me, but you always got your hand out. I feel like something's wrong here. (laughs) So I just started practicing gratitude for the things in my life because it just really did something to me and I really want to remain in that space you know I'm smiling right now if you can't hear it I smile from ear to ear because it changes your whole mood it it changes everything you feel stupid at first when I would smile in the middle of the day I felt really really dumb 
And then it just kind of became habitual. And then people would see me and they would smile too. And then, hey, hi, how you doing? What's going on, friends? <laughs> it really felt goofy, but it, it really does change your mood. So number three is happiness kind of ties into gratitude and that like smiling and being grateful. Happiness is a choice. Happiness is truly a choice. You can, you are entitled and it is necessary to have your feelings and emotions and being hurt do not stay in that space find what makes you happy I know excuse me y'all that my tea is coming back with a vengeance (laughs) but um when you're happy it does something to your like the endorphins get released in your body like you smile and now you start feeling good all over your body right so last week I had a situation where somebody hurt my feelings and I was like I was really sad for like an hour or two and I was like I don't know what to do and I was like I gotta do something that makes me happy and I did and I did something that made me happy and it did change my whole mood and I was able to look at the situation more analytically and I was able to come back and say okay what did I identify about this okay what made me feel good about this situation okay I'm gonna live in what made me feel good and then address what made me feel bad and move past it and then thankfully I was able to have that kind of clear communication with you know my friends and my family like okay what would you have done how would you handle this and you know I get my feedback and I I don't always ask people to come to the table but in some situations I'm like well how would you show up in this and then I had to determine how I wanted to show up first reactions of in my opinion for myself and a lot of people your first reaction is not your best reaction and I don't want words to hurt me I want to own what hurts me and I want to own what makes me happy and so I chose to own what made me happy and be in that happiness so you have to choose happiness you have to choose joy you have to choose those things um step number four in living in your Sankofa time, you're going back and taking back. You have to have love. Love, 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 love. I love love. I'm truly in love with the idea of being in love. I am just a total sap. I love romance and I love happy endings. <laughs> I just love the idea of being in love. And so I have to start saying, like, what do I love about my life? And then I feel better. What did I love about what I learned from my past? Or what did I love about living in the past? Like I said, when I was telling the story about living in Philadelphia, when I even when I lived in Texas and I lived in all these places, and I'm like, man, I love living here because... It was the most beautiful place I ever lived. Texas was the most beautiful city. Austin, Texas, let me say. Austin, Texas was the most beautiful city I've ever lived in in my life, ever. Hands down, most beautiful place. I mean, the parks, like Zilker Park and um, the Austin Lake, I think it was, like downtown, um, 6th Street. I had so much fun, the food trucks, like like all those things. I loved living there. And then I had to put away the fact that there was a lot of subtle and overt racism, <laughs> but I loved living there and it was an amazing experience. I loved my apartment. I had this beautiful apartment. It was like, it was huge. First of all, I had a a fireplace had a huge like it was amazing I loved 
living there. It was so awesome. And I would not trade, I would have not traded for, for the world. Like it was dope. And I, I loved living there. And so, you know, hindsight, I look back and I'm like, I love this. And so I started looking at what I love about my life now. And I'm like, yo, I love the fact that my life came together. I love the fact that things came full circle for me. I love the fact that I get to travel and my son is this. And I I just love, like, I identify the love in my life. I identify the fact that I had a shitty 30th birthday a few years ago (laughs) and the next year, my family threw a surprise party for me. Never had a surprise party in my life. Totally did not know what to expect. And I showed up and my family was there. I, I had found a, I had a half sister and she was there. Her children were there. It was just an amazing experience. And I love that. And I love that in last this year. Oh, uh, yeah. This year, my, my birthday was equally um, great. And I was like things when I finally was like oh I'm cool with whatever happens great things started happening for me and I'm like I love that I love the fact that my life has been improving and it's because I decided to live in my Sankofa and go back and take the things that I wanted and then leave the rest right so the last thing in my five steps to living in your Sankofa time is being patient just having patience oh it's a bus coming down the street Y'all, like, sometimes I hear these noises. It's weird. Be in your house during the daytime and see if it don't drive you. Like, just be in your house and be quiet during the daytime. You hear some of the craziest noises. Because <laughs> I heard a bus coming down the street and not, it, like, stopped. And it sounded like a dog, like, kind of got hurt. So I'm like, what the heck? It was a bus. It stopped. It was brakes. <laughs> All right. So, being patient is <laughs> what I was talking about. Patience is the key to life. <laughs> we do not have infinite amount of time, but the time that we have, we do need to be patient. And that is a very tricky thing to do. I know that people will tell me all the time that I am not patient and I will be the first to tell you that is correct for $100, Alex. <laughs> I am not the most patient person, but I'm learning patience. And I'm learning patience by asking probing questions. So that's what I would implore you to do to do in your Sankofa time is be patient, but ask questions, ask questions of yourself. Like, how do I want to show up in this space? How would I have shown up in this space in the past? How am I showing up in this space now? And how do I want to show up in this space in the future? And so when you do those scenarios in your mind, you kind of work through those, you automatically become patient (laughs) and you give people an opportunity to, you give them an opportunity to be better. You give them, you give yourself an opportunity to be a better version of yourself. You become a better version of who you would like to be. And so I just implore you to be patient as possible because, yeah, we only have a finite amount of time. But in the time that we have, we should be patient and allow life to show us what we can have as long as we look for what we want to have. So what we can have is like the universe never tells you no. Universe, think of it or God, think of and, and a lot of people are like, oh, no, God won't give you everything you want. But God is 
a God of, in my opinion, God is a God of blessings. And we believe that. And so if God, if you're asking God for good things, which, um, a lot of African religions believe that God is a God of good things. So he wants to give you good things, but he won't give you any bad things. Right. (laughs) So when we say we can have the universe will tell us what we can have because it doesn't want to tell us no. So we're like, I want this big mansion. Like, Oh, I want to give you this big mansion, but I can't give it to you now. But what I can give you is this two bedroom house. And as long as you're like, okay, that's good. And then as you progress, you're like, Oh, but I want this brand new Lexus. I can't give you this new Lexus right now. But what I can give you is this Honda Accord that runs okay as long as you are grateful and your gratitude and your patient eventually you can have you can have those things but the universe is not going to tell you no right away it's going to tell you let me tell you what you can't have right now and so we just got to be patient and we got to be patient with ourselves we got to be patient that everything is not going to fall into place at the exact moment that we want it like on the spot but it will eventually happen so yeah I just believe that. And those are my five steps to living in my Sankofa time. And, you know, if you are interested, I definitely want to send this to you. But I'll go back through. It's number one is forgiveness. Number two is gratitude. Number three is happiness. Number four is love. And number five is having patience. So those are my steps to living in my Sankofa time. And I would encourage you to do those things and, you know, remembering who you once were and seeing who you are now and going back and taking the things that you want and leaving the rest right leaving the pain in the past leaving the hurt in the past and then going back and saying but I like that girl who used to smile all the time and look like a goofball I like that guy who used to willingly take women out and just enjoy that I like that I like those versions of myself and I want that person back but a wiser version right giving those special things to people who matter giving those good things to people who show you they deserve those good things and then leaving the rest leaving not being so suspicious and being you know taking all that negative energy bringing positive energy forward so yeah um that's it for today I always think like oh I'm gonna make it short and I don't I talk a lot But I appreciate you guys for listening. You're special to me for that. (laughs) Anyways, so wrapping it up. This is Bree. Thank you for listening. If you don't follow me on social media, check me out at Bree Lately on Instagram or specifically, specific, (laughs) at A, B, A as in Alpha, B as in Bravo, underscore, writes all, correct spelling, W-R-I-T-E-S-A-L-L on Instagram or check out my website, www.singlemomstuff.com. I struggle to speak sometimes. (laughs) And yeah, that was this episode. If you guys have any questions, definitely email me. I always appreciate hearing from you. You can always email me through my website or you can hit me up on any of my social media sites. I appreciate you. And yeah, I'll see you on Thursday. Holla.